0: Welcome to From There To Here with your host, Miranda Dekonski. Together, we'll explore our personal journeys and how they have impacted where we are today. We hope that you'll walk away inspired, motivated, energized, and knowing that there is no right or wrong path. Each path is uniquely our own. And now your host, Miranda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of From There To Here. I am your host, Miranda Dekonski, and today, I am so excited and honored to be speaking with the one, the only, Jared or Jared, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Great to be here, Miranda. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and for those that don't know you, which would be very surprising, uh, tell me a little bit about you, what you do, where'd you grow up, all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've lived a couple places. I, I was born in Utah, uh, lived there till I was nine years old and moved to Dallas, Texas. So I, I consider Dallas my home because that's where I went to high school and did kind of, you know, all those growing up formative years. Um, and my wife's from Houston. We met in San Antonio. When we were 15 years old. And now, you know, we've been married for almost six years now. We live in Phoenix, the Phoenix area. Um, so, so yeah, we, that's, that, that's kind of me. And, and we have a six month old baby girl and I actually start my three month paternity leave today. So this is my... First day with three months off, it'll be nice.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, three months. What are you going to do? That's a lot of time. I've never, I never had that much time off. What are you going to
1: (laughs) do? Neither have I. Um, Well, it's funny you ask that because it kind of goes into your question. Um, So what I do is I'm a customer success manager at a, uh, at a IT company based out of New York city. Um, But during these three months, I'm going to be working on uh, just a couple of side hustles, a couple of projects. I'll keep a couple of those under wraps, but one that's kind of, I pretty much put out there is I'm starting a new podcast called Startup CX, which will be, I won't promote that on your podcast, but I'm going to be releasing the first You already did too late. uh, Well, I I won't go into too much detail because this is about you, not me, but um, (laughs) uh, I'll be releasing the first episode in two weeks uh, and it'll be with customer success leaders and talking about how startups need to implement CX as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, no. And actually this isn't about me. This is about you. So it's okay to promote that. That's true. (laughs) Are you going to be doing two podcasts then or are you retiring the
1: other one? I'm retiring the other one. I actually just today released the final episode of Founders and Mentors. It's still going to be out on the internet. Like I'm not going to take it down, but um, I'm starting a whole new one now.
0: Wow. Wow. What prompted that?
1: Well, um, so my my podcast, Founders and Mentors, for those who don't know about it, it's basically I I talk with entrepreneurs about their journeys, about I mean, you've been on it. You know, I've talked to you about, you know, your experience working at startups and, you know, what entrepreneurs should know about the startup world and getting into it. And but so I I love talking to startups. I love talking to entrepreneurs, but I also love customer success. So I kind of wanted to merge the two. And bring customer success to the startup world because there's a lot of podcasts out there that are customer success podcasts, which is awesome. But most of them um, are for customer success professionals. So I kind of wanted to take a different, you know, direction and make it more for startup owners and entrepreneurs. Um, so obviously, like it, it's a pretty niche audience of what I'm trying to cater to, but one thing that I've heard, um, and maybe this will be helpful advice for you as you grow your podcast, is the the smaller your niche audience is, the more um, potential you can grow as a as a podcaster.
0: Hmm.
1: So fascinating,
0: fascinating. So you've known your wife since you were fifteen. Well, that's a, uh, and I'm not assuming, but that you're that old. But I'm assuming you're probably in your late twenties. Um,
1: yeah, we so, both turn twenty nine next month.
0: Oh, happy early birthday! What day?
1: uh hers is the 10th mine's the 18th
0: so i'm 18th. the 18th
1: no way are you serious
0: yeah. yeah happy birthday birthday twin
1: that's so cool yeah happy birthday <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so crazy wow wow um that's amazing i i yeah. Know a few people who have the same birthday, um, one used to uh, work for me and every year I send her a little like surprise in the mail <laughs> to awesome. celebrate our birthday. So I have to make sure I do a special happy birthday to you this year on my birthday. I don't yeah, know.
1: likewise, I'll do the same thing. <laughs>
0: um, when you were younger, what did you want to do when you were growing up?
1: Uh, growing up, I wanted to live in Hollywood and be a film director. Uh, Steven Spielberg, childhood hero of mine. So I loved his movies and, um, same with like Ron Howard, uh, Robert Zemeckis, uh, just some, uh, Quentin Tarantino, th- th- those guys like really liked their movies. And I, I just, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to live in Hollywood and, and direct movies. And, um, obviously I, that's not my dream anymore. I, I wouldn't want to live in Hollywood. Uh, just <laughs> raising a family. <laughs> not, a, not a great place for kids. Um, but uh, uh it so it, it it evolved, but yeah, that was my dream.
0: Yeah, did you make it there at all to check check out that career opportunity? Did you ever do any interning or anything like that?
1: Never did, no. Um I no, I but but it's funny, a couple of years ago, my wife and I we went to Southern California and I went to Hollywood for the first time. Well, like, you know. Southern California area, like Hollywood Boulevard, everything. And all of those like childhood, like dreams, like came flooding back. Cause I was like in this area, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, but no, I never actually interned or really did anything in college with film. I just kind of, yeah, didn't really do that.
0: It's so fascinating though, the whole world, you wouldn't realize Um, if you, you know, you wouldn't realize what it takes to put a movie or a television show out. It's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. I mean, all the actors and actresses, they're famous. Um, but really the real work goes on behind the scenes of people directing it and editing it and getting it to where they can be as good as they are because all those other little details are worried about by someone else
1: yeah i did a uh, i did theater in high school and middle school i did theater for like seven eight years uh it, consecutively and uh um it was funny one time one of my friends who was a techie so they were the ones backstage and building the sets and everything doing the lights you know him and i had a like hour-long debate in front of like all these like high school kids about who was more important the actors or the techies and he he kind of mopped the floor with me in that <laughs> in that debate because Without the techies, like, you don't get much. You get, like, some, like, cheap road show. But if it's just the techies and no actors, you get, like, a laser light show. So (laughs) they do a lot to really enhance movies and performances. It's amazing what the things that go on behind the scenes.
0: I was really into theater, too. When I was younger, I was in, you know, drama, and I was on the forensics team. And um, I actually took first place in the CSAA tournament in Michigan with Dramatic Interpretation. Uh, so I did a monologue. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Thinking back, um, to then I, I can't believe that I did that, but (laughs) what did you
1: do in theater? Um, like what what performances did I do? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I did Seussical the musical footloose, beauty and the beast. Um, my senior year, I was a lead for a, uh, Oh gosh, comedy of errors, Shakespeare play. And that was fun. I mean, that, that's being a lead for Shakespeare. I mean, it's, it's a whole new ball game, than like these other performances that you're used to. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I hosted my high school talent show my senior year. Uh, yeah, just did did quite, it's been, it's been a long time though. I I've not done any theater for over a decade at this point. (laughs) So, yeah,
0: it's awesome. I think it really does help us in the customer success career to be able to get up and present and have like an air of confidence and all of the the skill sets that you learn around um, looking at scripts and memorizing things and all of that fun stuff. However, my memory is crap now. So (laughs) (laughs) So are there any moments um, from your childhood that you think helped map you on the path that you're on today?
1: Yeah, well... Throughout my well, I mean, when I was nine years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. So um, school was not easy for me um, at all. And my parents, they never expected me to be a straight A student or a straight B student. I mean, they expected me to try my best and pass, but um, so while I was kind of like, you know, um, yeah, stumbling through school, they encouraged me to find other talents and abilities that like gave me, Life gave me my personality, helped me realize who I was. So theater was a big one of them, a big one of those hobbies and other things as well. But my parents like helping me realize that, like, just because my grades may not be, you know, Dean's list level, um, I can still be great at other things. Grades are just one thing. And I'm grateful for that because they never allowed me to use my bad grades. Sorry, my learning disabilities as a crutch you know, don't make it, don't make excuses, work hard, but find things that make you, you. And, yeah. uh, you know, as I was kind of getting into my career, like, you know, I, I was trying to like find my footing and find what I wanted to do. And I, I tried sales and unfortunately it was a horrible experience, not the sales portion, but just like the management that I was under and the company that I was at. I can go into more detail if you want, but um, because of those lessons my parents taught me, I was like, okay, I'm not good at this, but that doesn't mean that like, I'm going to have a crappy career and you know, I've, I have no future. Um, and I was able to long story short, find customer success. And almost four years later, like, I mean, I, I love my career and I feel like I do pretty, pretty well in it as well. So I'm grateful for those lessons they taught me and how they've translated into adulthood and career.
0: Are there any adjustments that you've had to make in your day-to-day and customer success to help accommodate for your learning disability. Cause I mean, I'm oh, sure as soon as you got out of school, it it just doesn't go away. Right?
1: No, it's, it's still very much here. <laughs> and it's funny cause I tell people that and a lot of the time people say, I would never guess that you struggle with that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you had five minutes with my brain, you, you would know, um, it's cause it, it's there. Um, but for me, I've, i has been a huge help. You know, cause I, I, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've had to proofread emails or I've read emails or Slack messages. And I'm like, Oh, look at all those, you <laughs> know, those typos and spelling mistakes. Hey. So I, I've, I've tried to teach myself to just slow down when typing out emails, when communicating with clients, just to, you know, look a little bit more professional when I'm communicating. Um, and you, you, the, one of the nice things about the customer success community is like, not everybody is extroverted, but we're all people people, right. So it's it's easy to be in this community and like just kind of be my authentic self and kind of always be sharing my ideas because everybody's sharing their ideas to like you know that, that kind of fits their realm of personality or whatever. So I just feel very welcome in, in a community of people that just want to just share and uplift each other because that's just kind of like what I've always been like.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's true. Customer success community is really like unlike any other community I've been a part of. I agree. Um, and we're really good about building each other up as well. I see yeah. it every day. Every day on LinkedIn. I'm like yep. we don't we're not like looking at each other as like competitors. We're looking at each other as like fellow humans in this community that if we make the community better, we make each other and everyone around us better, right? At least that's how I view it. I hope
1: that's how I see it too.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things I want to try to do with this, this venue that we have is to try to normalize the idea of making mistakes that we're not perfect. I do think that's one of the the downfalls of LinkedIn. Um, You get a lot of, look at me, this is perfect. And that's perfect. And I have it all figured out, you know, and that is just sorry, I'm going to swear. That's just bullshit. Okay. <laughs> it is. No, it is. There's no way that, you know, everyone is perfect all of the time and everything is executed flawlessly. Um, I know I personally make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nodding my head when you said grammarly, because I use it. I, I pay for it. I pay for it out of my pocket. Like I have, I do, to. I
1: do as well. Yeah.
0: Because. <laughs> Like I am one of those people where my brain is moving, you know, 5,000 miles per hour. I have 50 things I'm working on all at once. And everybody's like, how do you get all these things done? And I'm like, there's literally like, I'm only sleeping six hours a day. What do I do with all the other hours besides work? (laughs) So, you know, so, but kind of looking back through your journey, Mm -hmm. um, is there any mistakes that you made uh, that you would be willing to share with us that maybe prompted a big learning moment for you?
1: Yeah. um, So my first gig as a customer success manager, it was actually a client advocate position um, at a social media marketing company here in Scottsdale. And uh, basically I kind of lost my drive and my vision for my professional development. And I don't know, I just kind of, just kind of started slacking on my, on my work and things like that. And basically I was put on a performance plan. Um, and sitting there with my boss and my boss's boss, and then reading off this laundry list of things that had happened over the last few months that have caused me to get on performance plan. I was like, I never want to be in this position ever again. I never want to have someone just tell me, okay, here are all your mistakes as to why you're right here where you are right now. Now they were willing to work with me and it was great. I, I, I was appreciative of that, but they had to explain why this was happening. So it, and, uh, I, I just made a commitment right there and there. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in with my career I'm gonna go all in. And, uh, that was, that was almost three years ago. And, um, since then I've tripled my income. I have been on And I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal here, but I'm just saying like, this is how that, this is what's happened due to that mindset shift. Tripled my income, been on multiple podcasts, spoken at webinars, um, been called a customer success influencer by, by people, uh, you know, (coughs) excuse me, but just that, that one tweak of the mindset, like, I never want to be in this position again. I'm going all in, made a world of difference. And I'm glad I had that experience.
0: Oh, gosh, that's such a thank you that that's a really raw moment to share. So I just want to mm-hmm. call it out like it's not easy for people to share those types of things. No, it's not. And I really appreciate it. And I will say as somebody who has administered multiple PIPs um, over my career, mm-hmm. there's usually two ways people handle it. They <coughs> resign. You know, they put their notice in and they're uh-huh. like, I'm out of here um, or. They kind of, you know, or they double down and, and try to correct things. And ultimately, they're usually terminated. Mm. Um, but I guess there are, you know, I have had a couple of individuals that have really overcome it and did yeah. fantastic, but that's the rarer ones because it is a real psychological hit. When it you is have that list in front of you, and you're like, oh, snap. Like, and to overcome that really speaks highly of your mental fortitude. fortitude. It's mm-hmm. really, that's really, thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, no, and my boss even said, he's like, look, I appreciate, he said, it says, it, says, it says a lot about your character, the way that you're like handling this. So thank you for that. And I was like, that made me feel a lot better. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Just bump. <laughs> yeah,
0: good. yeah, absolutely. So growing up in Utah, and then you said Dallas, Texas. Yep. So
1: tell me about your favorite childhood memory. Ooh, favorite childhood memory. Um, Well, when I was in Utah, um, I come from a big Mormon family. Utah's the land of Mormons, right? And um, we, uh, we lived near a lot of family when we lived in Utah, right? Favorite childhood memory was hands down Christmases with all the cousins at grandma's house. And my favorite memory of that memory was every time we get to grandma's house, I'd hug my grandparents. Then I had to run downstairs to all of the Christmas tins that were filled with candy. (sighs) Greatest memory of any, of any child. Uh, I I, I swear it's candy at grandma's house.
0: (laughs) Are you going to have tins with candy for your child and Christmas? Of course. Of course we will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Kind of going back into, you know, your your 18-year-old self, mm-hmm. if, you could, if you could look back over the journey you've had and um, everything you've learned throughout your journey, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self right now? You
1: know, I think I've thought about that recently. Um, if I could give advice to my 18-year-old self, it would simply be whatever you're doing, do it wherever you are, be there. And, you know, I'm, I'm 28. So that was just 10 years ago and I was 18. Right. And I'm, I'm glad I'm I've learned this fairly early in my life to just be where I'm at fully. You know, when I'm with my wife and child, be there, when I'm at work, be there, when I'm podcasting, be there. And uh, that that was actually kind of part of the mindset shift from my PIP. Okay. When I'm at work, be at work. And uh, if I could have taught myself that, drilled it into my 18 year old mind, Um, would have made a little bit less mistakes, but still would have uh, probably seen some more successes in my throughout my 20s. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not a big deal.
0: It sounds easy, but it's actually pretty hard, especially these days, just to be present because we're being just slammed with you know, Slack messages and things on our cell phones and social media and, you know, the various things that we have going on that are distracting us. So while it, that sounds so simple when you say it like that, I know in practice, that's very hard because it's something I actually strive to do myself. Um, and I really struggle sometimes and you can't see this right now. Um, but I will sit on my hands. So I'm literally sitting on one hand and I have the other one here kind of, you know, fiddling. Um but that way okay. I'm not typing or answering anything. Oh, I see. Yeah, It's not that I want to be. It's just my brain, my brain kind of probably operates a little like yours where it's just like I'm here I'm, I'm moving fast. So Yeah. I do those types of things where I will sit on my hand or um if it's something i really need to focus on i will try to stand up and walk away from my keyboard so i can you know be focused but being present
1: mm-hmm. is so difficult <laughs> yeah i recently deleted like not deactivated i deleted my facebook and instagram accounts like wow. i just done with them deleted the apps everything like if i wanted to get back on facebook or instagram i had to like create a whole new page um, cuz i'm just like i just got i got to be away from this i'm um, still on twitter i still on linkedin but There's just way, way too many distractions. And for an ADHD mind, you know, the the less distractions, the better. Because then you can actually be present wherever, whatever it is that you're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, fast forwarding 100 years, you have folks that are sitting around thinking about what Jared gave to the world. um, Mm -hmm. or What your legacy is. Mm -hmm. What do you want them to be remembering you for?
1: Well, I... (sighs) Uh, I would say my, my wife, but she'd be dead too. But I mean, I I would hope my family, my posterity would view Jared, grandpa, Jared, great grandpa, Jared, as a man who was true to his word and a man who was always willing and happy to serve Uh, people outside my family. If they hear the word Jared or, I would just hope that they would probably the same thing, but maybe like, Oh yeah, Jared, or he, he helped me do something. He helped my, he helped that person. He helped that person. It's kind of want, I just want to be known as that guy that was just like, Hey, l- let me help you. Cause I, I come from like, I have, I have a good life and I, I come from a, a good, you know, good stock. Right. I, I wasn't, I wasn't born rich. My family was middle-class, but like, you know, I, I was born into a wonderful home, with loving parents. And I'm, my wife and I are very blessed right now. And I just want to be able to, you know, give some of that, give back, give some of that privilege back because privilege is a real thing. And I want to be able to do everything that I can to provide for my family, but also just help others along the way who may not be in the same situation that I'm in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Last question. You could have dinner with any two people that are alive. Who would they be and why?
1: They're alive. Um, I would probably want to have dinner with, <laughs> I, we, we talked about this on the podcast that you were on uh, with Mark Benioff, one of my favorite CEOs, CEO of Salesforce, guy's a stud just talk to him about, you know, man, like, Hey, I, I want to, you know, create, create something that you have, like, tell, tell me about what you did. Tell me about how you're helping people. Like, cause he, he really is like a phenomenal person, like in and outside of his work life, at least from, from what I've seen, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, other person, um, I would say probably, Probably Carol Dweck, the author of Mindsets, this book right here that I have. Okay. This is a life-changing book. Um, It's all about having a growth mindset. And if I want to know how to reach my full potential, she'd be the person that I'd want to talk to the most. So I'd say those two. Would you want
0: them to have dinner together? Or do you think the conversation would be better separately?
1: I'd say separate, separate conversations. That's Mm -hmm. interesting.
0: Thank you, Jared, for that. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's just such a pleasure to catch up with you.
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Miranda. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of From There to Here. Check back weekly for new episodes. For more conversations about this episode and more, please feel free to follow Miranda on LinkedIn. See you soon.